0: Nutmeg Radio, Lauren and Nadia, (coughs) you're tuning in to Nutmeg Radio. Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of Nutmeg Radio. Today we are focusing on one of the, the Creatrixes of this station um Nadia Hicks and who are you and how did you get to being a human design embodiment coach at this beautiful age of 32 where and when did it all begin for you down the spiritual journey because there's definitely a starting point for this kind of a thing I feel
1: so I've had I've had I guess you could call it a checkered career history I've done a lot of different things I initially studied public health and then the market crashed so I went into insurance that was back in like 2008 or 2010 or something um, and became an insurance underwriter with like the kind of the health knowledge that I had and I was doing that for quite some time until I just I reached a point with it and I think it was during you know when before I started to go traveling like I knew when I was about 26 I knew that there was just something more to life and I couldn't quite work out what it was and I thought at the time that traveling would really be able to help me see what that was meant to be and at the time I really did think it was something to do with food because that was very much a passion that I'd had throughout my entire life you know I kind of live and breathe food like even my workmates would have always been like any conversation that you have with Nadia is probably going to be around like what did you have for dinner last night so it's also
0: why we bonded so well as well because we both have that exact same fiery passion for great food
1: yeah and we're very similar in terms of the food that we like as well we're both quite kind of pescatarian. well I'm a pescatarian. you flexitarian would you call yourself yeah, my mum calls me picky, but we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we we're very much like in tune when it comes to um, food. But anyway, so I went on this journey and moved to the UK for a few years, where I continued working as an underwriter. Just literally becoming more and more happy as every day went on. I just felt like the my soul was almost being... Just drained out of my system Um, and at that point in time I wouldn't have said that I was an overly I would say I've said that I was spiritual I've always believed in spirits Um, but the whole concept really scared me I had some kind of scary things happen to me when I was a kid that I just sort of tried to block out of my memory and yeah so it took me a while to kind of get back to I guess that home of being like a spiritual person and I started while I was living in the UK I started a bit of a food blog where I was just basically like taking pretty pictures of my dinners every night and posting them on Instagram and it did really well but I once I started I thought potentially I wanted to be a food blogger but as I kind of went down that path I realized that I liked cooking and I liked taking photos of food but I absolutely hated everything else to do with food blogging. So when I finally got back to New Zealand after four four odd years traveling it was a bit of a dark night of the soul I guess you could say because I had truly started to step into my spirituality. I did a um, seven day silent Vipassana retreat in Thailand on my way back because I could feel that my life was very much at a crossroads um, just in terms of the relationship that I was in at the time. And also I knew that I wanted a different career, but I just didn't know how to get there. And I'd read a few different spiritual books. One of them, which I would recommend to anybody to read, um, being The Woman Who Run With Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes I think her name is anyway we can put that in the show notes anyway so after doing this retreat things started to kind of shift for me and I was kind
0: of interrupt but can we just also touch on the fact that you hadn't meditated before you went into the seven day silent retreat right
1: (laughs) no no I hadn't so it was this
0: experience
1: yeah raw dogged it into this experience (laughs) um I and it was just like one of those I just felt really divinely led and I didn't know that at the time because obviously I wasn't a meditator at the time so I went in and it was literally like eight hours a day of meditation for me and I literally had come off like drinking I was drinking every single day um smoking ciggies you know like just in a very not in that space whatsoever and so going into this was very much a full detox of my life and it's probably one of the hardest experiences I've ever done and I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily recommend that the way that I did that to (laughs) other people
0: pretty pretty extreme
1: (laughs) it was extreme but I'm an extreme person and so I felt like that was almost what I needed to do but I certainly wouldn't recommend that to most people But anyway so that kind of like kick-started this very much spiritual journey that I continued to kind of go down and so interestingly after that my relationship with the person I was with for nearly 10 years started to really crumble and even though at that point in time I was actually really looking at myself and all of the areas in which I was not necessarily contributing to a happy relationship I guess you could say. So
0: at and cont- you were engaged at the time as well, right? So yeah. you were committed, I suppose, to this, this other path yep. up until your silent retreat meditation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think deep down, like the stirrings had already begun that I potentially didn't want to go there but as I went into this retreat I didn't want to think about that I just wanted to have clarity on what I should be doing going forward and I think that it can be really hard for people when if you are in this position and you do know that there's so much more available for you but you don't know how to get there or what it is it can be really hard and so while I didn't get any like great big epiphany in that meditation retreat it did just helped me really settle back into myself and just I became from that day I have meditated every day since and so my meditation practice has just kind of like gotten stronger and stronger and stronger but what it really allowed me to do was get to a point where I was really able to evaluate that relationship and ultimately leave it. So I think we broke up about six months after arriving back in New Zealand. And by that stage, I had sort of started another little business um, just, just started a little catering business. And I was doing um, grazing tables and platters. And it was a really fun business because I got to kind of incorporate like my the food styling side of things which I loved to do and also food and but in in a way that was for people so it was like I one of the things that I found with the kind of food photography side of things was that it's just for you you know you're not necessarily serving it to other people and I really did enjoy that business Um, and at the same time that I started that business I found human design Because I was searching, you know, in that kind of, I guess you could call it tumultuous period of my life, I was very much doing a lot of soul searching, so I was looking at my, because I'd become, sort of been thrown into this, like, spiritual awakening, I guess you could call it, I was exploring my astrology and all that sort of thing, and I found human design at around about the same time, and it was... The first time in my entire life that I actually felt seen and that it was the first time that I had actually experienced a sense of self-love in terms of there wasn't anything wrong with me like that that was just how my energy was. Yeah it was just this interesting as soon as I heard about it I heard about it on a podcast I just went down the rabbit hole with it and started to learn more and more and more and then I you know was looking at like my family and friends and at the same time kind of experimenting with it on the business that I was building and it was really interesting to me because whenever I would do things that you know do things in congruence with my human design things would go in my favor and when I didn't they wouldn't. So I built this catering business based on human design principles, I guess you could say, and so when COVID hit, I don't know, over a year ago now, I kind of was faced with the decision of, and by that stage as well, I'd also professionally learnt how to read charts, Um, but I just didn't really have any...
0: for those who don't know what Human Design is, what is the basic kind of what, are, what, are, what is Human Design for those who've never heard of this before? Because I had literally no idea what Human Design was until I met you, and you were telling me one day when we we're going for a, a walk and talk that this was like this new path that you're doing. And I remember you kind of starting to talk about it, and lights start flickering in my mind because I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. So I think it'd be you know really beneficial to just kind of tap into what
1: that is for people who don't know. Of course and most people don't know what you know most people they speak to in everyday life don't know what it is. I'm really surprised when people do (laughs) but essentially it human design determines your energetic blueprint based on your exact time place and date of birth and so what it does is give you this blueprint which essentially shows you how you best move through the world and how your energy interacts with the world around you and with other people and it gives you a specific kind of strategy to work with as well which I found really fascinating because I find that you know we're the whole idea of human design is to really kind of like peel back all the layers of what's called conditioning so all of the things that we've been told we should be and all of the ways that we've been told that we should um, be behaving and acting and all you know all of that sort of stuff to peel back all of that to really get back to our authentic selves and our authentic energy which is very it's really magnetic and it just kind of flows through the world with a lot more ease than kind of The hustle culture, because I mean that's something that Lauren and I are both big on. Is like we don't like I'm not about having a hustling business. Like I want a business that is going to work for me, and I'm not literally working for it. So, and human, I specifically work with human design and business because I feel like it's such you can apply it to any area of your life. But I feel as though that's where it can have it can have a major impact because automatically you are seeing like what's going to be energetically correct for you and what's not going to be energetically correct for you. And you just are able to take the path of least resistance, I guess. So it's, I I explained it the other day to someone as being, it's the roadmap to your sole purpose, essentially, with almost like signposts to show you how to get there at the same time.
0: I mean, it's almost like a cheat sheet, isn't it? It's like having access to a cheat sheet to almost be like, okay, this is actually how you should be operating. And this is how, you know, you aren't like the guy sitting next to you in your office desk because you got, uh, didn't you tell me there's like over a billion different like makeups of people's human designs?
1: There's more than two billion Different configurations, so and that's something that I, on this path, has really learned that every single person is so unique, and you can't put people into boxes. And I try to avoid because human design is made up of five different energy types. I know a lot of readers or people in the human design world speak about those energy types, but. There's so much within each of those that I find that sometimes that can almost be a little bit detrimental to people as well. I, that's a really brief kind of introduction of like what human design is, but good call on bringing it up because otherwise people will be sitting here thinking, what the fuck is she talking about? Uh, where was I? So yeah, when when COVID hit, I was sort of faced with a decision to, I could either pivot my catering business and go into home delivery meals. Or I could start this human design thing because, and I knew deep down that that's what I wanted to really do, but I just had no idea as to what, how to do it. For me, starting a catering business was actually quite easy. There wasn't a lot that was challenging about that because I, you know, had been working with food, had worked with food on and off throughout my life and, interestingly both of our mothers also were in the food industry as well and so I felt like I had a lot of support in that area but when it came to having a spiritual kind of business that was all based online I just had no idea but I just decided to take the leap into it and it's been a wild journey since then but I couldn't how long
0: how long has it been that you've you've committed fully into this being your primary state of play
1: not quite six months
0: so we're basically on the same path, which like, our timelines, our businesses.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for longer than that, but I was also doing other things at the same time. Um, I was also a baker. <laughs> and, you know, at one stage I was like a carpenter, you know, a, a labourer. <laughs> I was a gardener for a while. I've tried a lot of different things. Like I've definitely dipped around in the career on the career front.
0: It's like that um, that nursery rhyme when you're a kid. You're like the candlestick maker, the baker, and something else. <laughs> I can't think about because, but it's basically you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know it's kind of interesting because I remember when I was sort of like in that whole <sighs> kerfuffle of like trying to figure out what I really wanted to do feeling just so kind of lost and being like what like how have I gone from being an insurance underwriter to now I'm like a building laborer and then I was a baker you know like it, it just all of these things but I can see now looking back on it that I there was just so much that I gained in each of those like random little positions as well and it all does kind of add up to something. Ultimately human design really helped me to figure out what my purpose is And what I'm here to do and my my innate strengths and the energies that I am like innately hold and offer to people so um I guess it also gave me the kind of confidence to become a business owner and have now have started two different businesses
0: and so um what pillar of human design do you fit under for those who might know what those pillars are
1: so I'm a manifesting generator which is the same as Lauren. Yeah, am I? Yeah. yeah, we're both, which is quite fun. And uh, two, four, uh, emotional um, manifesting generator 2-4 profile. And so probably most people have no idea what that means. But I, mean, I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, well, you kind of have. You're a 2-4 as well. Okay, well,
0: tell, tell us a little bit more on the 2-4 then.
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll do a little rundown on what a manifesting generator is. So a manifesting generator or an mg because that's a really long long word is basically a hybrid of two different energy types of the generator and the manifester and so what it means is that we are sacral beings. so i'll i'll also just give like a little bit of background on just before i get further into it on like what it is made up of and so it's made up of astrology the chakra system The I Ching, the Kabbalah, and quantum physics, and so it's very much based around kind of like energy centers. And so a, a manifesting generator is what's called a sacral being, meaning that they've got a defined sacral center. And so what that means is that you're very much driven by your kind of your gut responses to things. And so when you get a positive gut response to something, it's almost like you have a lot of energy to be able to do whatever it is that has been presented to you. But with being a manifesting generator, you, uh, you, you're you not necessarily meant to stay... It's not necessarily about mastery. It's more about... Because your energy can kind of waver from things. So you might like something for like a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of years and then just kind of all of a sudden you go off it and you don't have the same kind of energy there. Or you can be similar to what I am now and I have like I'm into human design but I'm also very much into subconscious work and I'm also much into a lot into uh, embodiment work as well and so like within my business I kind of have all these different areas that I get to dabble in and play with and kind of bring together and so similar to Loz like she is a graphic designer but she's also a photographer she's also a recipe writer developer developer stylist you know like you have a lot of bows to your about as well which is quite kind of typical for a manifesting generator and I would say that one of the reasons that you've stayed within that career for so long is because you have so many different avenues whereas if you were just doing and you're a web almost like a web tip, you do websites as well you're doing my website so you know you do definitely have a lot of bows but if you were just doing one thing I, th- I feel like you your energy would have probably wavered at some point in time and you would have wanted to move on to something else. But the 2-4 the is... A, so the emotional side of it is... Human design is really interested, interesting as well because it determines how and it shows you how your intuition speaks to you. You know, like how... And I think that that's something that a lot of people, once they start tapping into the spiritual realms, is like is being able to trust that and being able to know what that actually sounds like for them because it actually does sound quite different and it does look quite different in different people. So for anyone that has emotional authority, which is quite, that's, it makes it, they make up about 50% of the population, so it's quite a lot of people, there's very much this need to wait out your emotional wave. And not making decisions like right in the moment is energetically correct for anyone that has an emotional wave. So there, there's different and I'm going to do a full on human design episode as well but that's probably just going to be a bit much for this particular one but yeah that's sort of how we're driven from our gut response and so we're basically waiting to see whether we have energy for something or not and that's very much a visceral response that I know for me like I get I feel it in my rib cage I sit up straighter when I have a positive response to something and if I don't it's often nothing or it's a contraction Um, but I know that I also have to Kind of play around and wait for that emotional wave as well before diving into any big decisions. So I think I you're the same. Been
0: like a, that's been a very big learning curve for me as well since learning a lot more about human design and operating like that and I think that is you know a big thing is sitting and waiting and deciding like after you actually sit with yourself and feel the feels like whether that is the right move or it's not whereas before I would just be like if I was in a really good mood and someone was like oh hey do you want to come and do this on the weekend I'm like yeah sure sounds good and then it gets to the weekend and I'm like oh my god why the fuck did I say that I want to do that it's not what I want to do and then I start recoiling and freaking out and I'm like oh I need to get out of this but I've committed so oh so yeah I think like it's a very interesting way to kind of know how to work with your energy which has been a, a very strong tool to add to my my arsenal in business and in life from that
1: it is because you uh and it's a process of kind of learning to drop out of your head back into your body because it's like you know I liked how you didn't say to sit there and think about it because you're not necessarily thinking about it you're feeling your way through it and there's a that's a very different process and it's just it's become really fascinating to me how much wisdom is in our emotions and yet most of us spend so much time trying to run away from them you know especially the like the trickier emotions
0: and I guess that that also comes um back to thinking about how you sort of physically um nurture your body so that you are aware of these gut responses or these bodily actions whereas like i don't know if i sit here and drink i don't know a couple of bottles of wine smash back a couple of pizzas and you know i'm living my best life for like that moment in time which i love them all for that but the the downfall from that is if you came to me a few hours later and you were like do you want to do this I would not be in any kind of a state of play and that's just not because I've been drinking but you know just because I I guess clouded that gut response by you know having these foods or these drinks or being in an environment which doesn't allow you to sort of sit with that energy flow and harness it
1: yeah and you know like I find the same I like both Lauren and I enjoy a drink you know like semi-retired party girls would you go as far to say um not even really retired um but there is definitely a payoff with that you know I do know that for me now my ability to be able to perceive things like I normally can within my body is just really off and Yeah, it's been really interesting actually if I have had a big night to really like sit with my body and witness it, just how much feels out of kilter that you really couldn't make a decision while you were in that place, you know? Yeah, and now then I, like I said, I sort of incorporate NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which works with the subconscious mind and also embodiment work because a lot of an embodiment is essentially... You can look at it in two different ways, but it's you either embody a quality, a specific quality, for instance, somebody who embodies leadership qualities, there's somebody who is out in the world being a leader, right? Or it can be referred to as the process of being able to get back into your body, which I think is a huge issue with the society that we live in at the moment a lot of people are very much in our heads and so it was an interesting thing for me once I got quite deep into the human design world was there was very much this disconnect between people there is so much information I mean like I've done a reading for Lauren and it was I mean what a couple of hours two and a half, three. So there's so much information and it's, there's just layers upon layers upon layers of it. I think if you were to go through the entire chart with somebody, it would probably take all day. And, you know, in all honesty, like not all of that information is going to be overly relevant. I think that it's best to kind of like start with bits and then learn to embody that and then you can kind of like move on to something else. But something that I really noticed was that people would get really, they would really intellectualize, overly intellectualize the information and get kind of caught up in their heads rather than sinking back into their bodies and actually embodying their design which is the whole point of it so once I could start to see that happening I that's when I started to bring a lot more of the embodiment practices into what I do
0: and I think since um you know taking that that step and committing to Starting your own business and being hold, holding yourself accountable for, you know, getting out of bed every day and doing what you've got to do and, you know, fighting those mental battles that you have, I think for me personally if I didn't have access to the human design sort of side of things and doing your course, I really don't think I would probably be sitting here having this conversation with you right now. And I can say that wholeheartedly. I think like eventually once I get to a, a point in my business where I'm employing people, like as long as they have the, you know, they can work the programs, they can do the software, they've got, you know, they've got the same sort of creative lens that I guess that I use At the end of the day, it's kind of like, right, I tick my boxes and then off they go. They're going to go speak to you and you're going to human design them for me. (laughs) (laughs) If they fit into the, you know, the kind of the the makeup of my empire, I suppose. You know, I just think it's something that's so important. And I think going forward, the way that people will end up looking at employment and, and people in their lives, there will be a, a strong, hopefully a strong element of human design that comes
1: through. Absolutely, and I think that it's becoming more prevalent because there are other modalities like, is it uh, Enneagram? And there's another one that I haven't really kind of gone down those rabbit holes because I'm down enough rabbit holes at the moment. I One of the things I really like is being able to use it in employment. And like Lauren says, you're not necessarily employing off the basis of a human design chart. You're making the decision intuitively, but and then you use human design to then essentially enhance that in person. You know, like get the most out of them. You can see their strengths and potentially their weaknesses, and you can see like how how to work with them as an employee, um, and how they're going to. yeah I guess how you can get the most out of people is what I'm trying to say and like really like nurture that in people as well um one of my kind of initial kind of big dreams was to be able to go into corporations and do and do it for corporations whether that is something that I still want to do I kind of haven't quite decided yet but it was just kind of interesting looking at you know once I started to read charts my dad and my brother have a business together and it was really fascinating looking at those two through the lens of human design and how their business works and with their different energy types. Um, And I think that for me, that was very kind of cementing was to literally see it in two people that I know extremely well and how they actually manage to make, like how their different strengths are playing out and how they kind of, that works for them with their different energy types and that sort of thing. So bringing it into business and workplace is, I just think it's a really good idea in terms of just helping people to develop.
0: I agree. And I think, you know, like one of my, my things is I want to create um, my own sort of work environment, my work culture that probably isn't the norm. And um, I think you know, with being able to look into people's human designs, and as you said before, kind of like find people's weaknesses or their strengths, and learning how to communicate properly with the right kinds of people. Because as you said before, like we're not all cookie cutters and there are over, like, what, two billion, what you said about how many different kind of makeups there are of people. And I think, you know, to be able to harness people's best output and for them to live a better life, which kind of has that pay-it-forward effect of them, you know, they go home after work and they've had a great day because the vibes are good and, you know, everyone's just supporting each other. And it's like these small kind of steps that might not look like the bigger thing, but it has a rippling effect that will bounce out and hopefully like this is this is really part of the movement of the next generation and and the way that the world could be
1: totally and that's a part of you know what has been becoming very clear i also work with gene keys which is it's very similar to human design it's it's a different system but the guy that formulated this system was one of the human design first students so it's very there's, he's basically taken kind of taken an aspect of human design and then kind of given it his own spin and as soon as I started incorporating that into my work I could really see how the sort of the different clients that I had coming through and just to see d- people at different levels of their own embodiment you know like you can definitely tell when somebody is very much in their purpose and in their power and how that's just kind of It's almost like screaming at me through their chart. Everything's so obvious, you know. If you showed me somebody that that was very much in their power and in their purpose, it's almost like I can, I can see their chart before I even see it. If you know what I mean. And one thing that's become very kind of clear to me is that the more we step into just who we came here to be and kind of decondition all these things that we're not and kind of move, for a lack of a better word, kind of move into the higher frequency of who we are, that just in itself, without you doing anything else, has such a massive effect on the people around you. So you could be like around your family and not even talking about anything spiritual, but because your cells are then vibrating at a higher level, it automatically starts having an effect on every single situation that you're in after that. And that's what I find really fascinating and what's really inspiring about it to me is that the more people that start to do this work and whether you take the route of human design or you want to you want to try something else whatever it is it's it's all about basically working through your shit and just getting on the other side of that it's a lot it's a lot of shadow work it's a lot of like looking at the darker aspects of yourself and moving through those frequencies so that you can really embody the higher frequencies and that yeah I just see this point in time on earth obviously there's been a lot happening over the last what year and a half and I think that people are very much changing the way in which they look at the world there's a lot happening and it just more and more people I think need to start doing this work in one way shape or another
0: yeah I think that there is just a subconscious move within a lot of people who are now open to having these conversations you know I mean For example, our parents would never be sitting there talking to their parents about this kind of thing because it just wasn't even like the state of play. Whereas now, like, you know, I think it's definitely a lot. There's a lot more people around now who are looking at different ways of, of living and there are coincidences that happen to people. And maybe they're starting to think that those aren't actually coincidences and there's divine forces at play.
1: And I just think that people are maybe struggling a little bit as well and so once a lot of people and it's sort of something that I don't necessarily, I don't believe that we have to break down to break through but I think if you're very kind of shut down then sometimes that's what it's going to take. It's like some epic breakdown of one thing or another in order for you to be able to start moving through your stuff and you know, getting back in touch with yourself. And interesting, you say that about your family because when I came out, I guess you could say, as a Human Design reader to my family, they were like, "What? Well, what is this?" And I, because I'd already like looked at my my brother's charts. I had his. He was the first that I looked at because I had his details very handy. But I also looked at my dad, and so I explained it to them through the lens of their business and I mean you've met my my dad and my brother like they're very grounded Capricorn there's they soul of the earth Earth kind of guys like they're not they're not into this kind of stuff and even my brother was like "Mm, this is like really accurate and interesting and he even I remember him ringing me at one point in time being like I'm hiring some guys if I got their details could you tell me whether I should hire them or not and I'm like well you see? There you go. exactly um I'm like well you know I think you need to base the decision off like whether you want to and then we could use the chart on top of that but essentially yes you know so even I think so what I really enjoy about human design is that it's grounded and it's applicable to your life yeah
0: what do you see the next kind of step in your business and what are, what are your kind of struggles with operating in a sphere that's probably not known to many people and like I don't know how, how are you kind of forging through that and what what where do you want to go what do you want do you know that yet or are you just kind of still still working through it like what's where are you at now
1: so I am at a point where I have been working solely one-on-one with people just because human design is quite um specific to the person but I'm in the process of creating a group program that is more embodiment focused so there will be some human design aspects in there but a lot of it will be basically just helping people to get back into their body so that they can experience what their intuition actually feels like and experience like just a greater level of joy and pleasure because I think one of the issues with being kind of stuck in your in your head a lot of the time is that you actually miss out on so much joy and so much pleasure you know like you can't be present in going for a walk, and actually feel how how that feels in your body, and how actually, how good that can feel, you know, you're kind of just go, getting out and going for a walk, talking on the phone at the same time, I literally see it all the time with people doing this, where they're just, they're missing out on so much, and so the next piece of my work is very much going to be based around that, and in terms of struggles, uh, I mean... There are loads, (laughs) but they're very much, you know. I see, I say to anybody like starting a business is basically your. It's gonna surface everything, all of your stuff. Any any self-doubt that you've got going on, anything that's any shadows that are lurking in the corners, like it is gonna bring them to the surface and it's gonna do it really quickly. So I would say that the last six months for me have been a total emotional roller coaster as I've worked through oh the past year. To be honest has been a bit like that in terms of like just moving through things but I think it does create a lot of resiliency and I'm just getting to a point now where I'm just kind of able to move th- through things a lot more quickly and be a lot more um onto it when things come up as well so I would say that that would be one of my biggest things was being seen <laughs> I didn't, you know... I I didn't totally
0: resonate with that. Yeah,
1: it's. I think a lot of people have that same kind of fear and obviously doing what I do, it's all online and people, they have to be able to see you and they have to be able to, you know, be able to rel- relate to you and kind of get a feel for you because the work that I do is so kind of deep. You know, I really go into it with people on a deep level so it needs they need to be able to like trust me before they hire me and so a big part of that is you know doing stories and lives and that sort of thing where I, I think I did my first one of my first kind of like speaking into the camera story about a year ago now and I can remember feeling sick like posting it and feeling sick and I no, think,
0: well, I, mean, I can't even bring myself to do it so I'm not even anywhere near that point <laughs> <laughs> working on it work
1: in progress yeah, yeah and my first live that I did that was even worse oh my god but now it's just kind of become everyday life you know it's just kind of part of what I do and so there are like definitely these kind of big challenges but I feel like a lot of them for me in this particular business have just been it's kind of this process of just becoming more and more of myself essentially yeah, and sometimes that's getting like,
0: more confidence too right
1: yeah and I think those two are kind of interlinked anyway yeah. so yeah there have been all sorts of challenges but they I'm really grateful for them all you know they all have kind of brought me along in leaps and bounds in terms of what I'm now able to do and just being able to trust myself and my decisions and, like, be able to do scary things, you know, when you first start doing that, and I think that's one of, and, you know, we'll talk about this with you as well, when you're kind of an intuitively led entrepreneur, a lot of, and we've spoken about this as well, like, a lot of your decisions aren't necessarily going to make sense, you know, something w- will hit you and you're like, I need to do this, but it doesn't make sense for me to do that, but I know in my body that I need to do it, and so, it's really scary to make those decisions because if you outsourced it and, say, went and spoke to your parents about it, they'd probably try and talk you out of it, you know? And so it's about having that massive amount of self-trust to be able to pull off those decisions and just, yeah, fully trust where they take you because I feel like that's where, you know, we're really able to kind of quantum leap because both of us are here for, like, we want to get this show on the road and we we want to do this in the most aligned way possible where there's like th- the path of least resistance, I guess you can say. And so in order to be able to do that, you've got I, to be I'm able to.
0: Always run for shortcuts too, to be honest, always have been, always will be. So.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And that's a manifesting generator thing as well. Yeah. It's kind of like we want it and we want it now and we're okay about admitting that. And it's like, yeah, we're going to use what we know about the kind of 5D or spiritual world to be able to get there and human design is definitely for me one of um, the biggest catalysts for that
0: yeah amazing I mean I can't wait till we actually have a full podcast on human design because it's just there's so much to really go through and talk about but yeah I think this hopefully has given everyone a bit of a taste of who you are and how you got here and all of the amazing sort of tricks and tools and wisdom and knowledge that you now like own and harbor. And I mean, like how much you've helped me be confident in myself and my business in these past six months. Like there's just no way that i would be sitting here with a smile on my face. Probably right now I probably would have been in tears and gone and found a shitty job doing something that I hated somewhere else because of that fear zone. So
1: yeah, it's, it's scary. Right. And it takes like a lot of courage and it can be lonely. So I feel like part of us having this as well is, like, if people are on a similar journey, then hopefully you don't feel so lonely.
0: If you guys were into that and want to hear about my story and how I got to where I got to, um, give us a follow on Instagram. We are at nutmeg underscore podcast. Yeah, give us a review. Let us know if this is something that you like or yeah
1: absolutely and feel feel free to reach out if you've got any questions or anything and would absolutely love to hear your feedback